Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pearly Brewer and I will be your host. New Brunswickers are the heart and soul of safety in our province. Individuals and organizations lead the way to safe and healthy workplaces. They help develop a culture where everyone participates, encourages, and supports one another in health and safety. To recognize these outstanding New Brunswick leaders, WorkSafe NB presents Safety Star Awards annually at their health and safety conference. Recipients are honored for their initiative, hard work, and profound effect on health and safety, among other health and safety champions. This year, WorkSafe NB honored two such organizations, the Fredericton Playhouse and Cloud Canada. We are honored to have with us for today's podcast, Rick Benoit, representing Cloud Canada. Welcome, Rick. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, I'd like to congratulate uh, Cloud Canada on your award, well-deserved. Um, at the conference, they shared a video on your health and safety culture at Cloud Canada. Now, obviously, folks that uh, were, at the, were not at the conference uh, didn't have a chance to see that video. So let's get them an opportunity to uh, find out a little bit about your organization. Uh, for someone that doesn't know really much about Cloud Canada, um, where are you located? What do you do? Uh, how many employees do you have? Why don't you give folks a, an overview of Cloud Canada? Well, Cloud Canada, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, uh, our uh, main uh, manufacturing facility is in St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, established in 1834, we are the oldest company in uh, in the St. John area, um, formerly the McAvity Company. So people that uh, are familiar with the McAvity name, that was uh, the, the the name we used up until 1990 when we were purchased uh, by the McWayne family and uh, changed the name to Cloud Canada. But having said that, we still use the McAvity trade name because it's so well known. And we manufacture fire hydrants and valves and underground water appurtenances um, for the Canadian market. So we have about 100 people at that plant. And then we have, um, and that's the plant that won the award. And then we have a few other plants uh, in Quebec, Ontario, and, and, and Western Canada. So we have over 600 employees uh, total uh, across Canada. So how would you describe your safety culture at Cloud Canada in St. John, especially? Well, we have a, you know, um, uh, we, we have a safety culture that is uh, a culture of ownership. So uh, about five, six, seven, I guess probably six years ago, um, we, uh, as, a, as a group of companies, um, we were looking at our, our safety ratings and um, TRIR and things like that, and we had, you know, we had spent uh, invested so many millions of dollars on compliance, engineering, um, training, and um, and we were very happy with those results. But we seemed to plateau. So then we thought, okay, what's the next step? Where you know, and and we took the approach that compliance should be the minimum. So we should not, you know, that 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 should be just the standard as opposed to you know what we uh, kind of the floor as opposed to the ceiling. And then from there, how do we? Uh, <clears throat> How do we reduce our injury rates? Well, from there we said, okay, let's embark on a on a uh, on a um, uh, a mission to um, uh, you know through training and 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 things like that to uh, uh, try and get our employees to act as owners. So we go from a culture of compliance to ownership, and ownership being they act and behave like an owner of the company. But even more important, they they look after each themselves and other coworkers, um, and and we embarked on about a five year journey that get us to where we're at now. Now, when you look at these statistics, uh, as far as lost time accidents and so on, have have you seen a change there in the last uh, two three years? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've um, 
you know, we've increased our near miss reporting, obviously, which is which is important uh, uh, component to that. And our actual uh, recordable injuries in the last five years, I think we've had two in five years. So we've drastically reduced that. But with that also probably comes, you know, so many other benefits. And that is increased uh, increased. Um, um, uh, buy in regards to, um, and product development and, and efficiencies and lot, not only lost time from accidents, but, um, you know, people missing time from work altogether. So we've seen a, a, a huge, uh, huge benefits. Um, and of course, with the idea that we want our people safe, but there is other benefits co- that come from a, a pur- purposeful, um, uh, transformation like we've gone through. Now, a lot of organizations are struggling with turnover. Uh, I would think as, as folks feel more of an ownership feeling, uh, turnover would, uh, would go down as well. Yes, sir. Um, we've seen a huge decrease in, in turnover. Having said that through the process, the last, you know, especially the first two years, uh, our turnover actually increased because what we've uh, found was that we um, became much more courageous leaders and, you know, held our people accountable, uh, perhaps in a way we didn't in the past. And two things happened through that. One is some people self-selected to leave the company because they didn't want to work under those um, under, under the, uh, the, the new uh, way of doing business. And and uh, number two, some people we just said, OK, you're you just you're a square peg in a round hole. And we you know, we we really don't uh, see the benefit of having you here. But now that we've gotten to where we're at, uh, our our turnover is almost uh, zero. Very good. Now. Uh, onboarding is a big issue in most organizations these days, uh, trying to get a good program in place. Uh, for someone starting at Cloud Canada, uh, yeah. what kind of onboarding process would you folks have? All right. So, um, first of all, we could, you know, and I, I guess, you know, let's go one step even before that. Um, before we hire anybody now, we put them through a number of different personality tests and things to make sure that they're going to fit in with us, right? So once we've established that and we've hired somebody, uh, if it's a unionized worker, they will, um, first of all, go through some training, safety, uh, EHS training, right? And this is all your basic stuff, our corporate, you know, uh, type of uh, training. And um, we try and ease them in with the training, not too much all at once, because it becomes very overwhelming. And then we'll, we put them to work. But we, when we put them to work, we establish a, a buddy system. So we try and find a, uh, a person that would be uh, working perhaps in that department that's more senior, that will look after the well-being of that person, and just little things like show them where the locker room is or, you know, what time to take lunch or all those types of things. And then on top of that, our EHS uh, team and our supervisors will connect uh, with that person um, for the first week, probably uh, twice a day, and just to make sure everything's going fine. But the buddy system or the shadowing, work shadowing, has been has worked out really well. Um, and it, and it's you know these people act as kind of mentors or big brothers to these to the new employees when they come into to our facility. Now you talk about ownership. Can you give me an example or two of what you would mean when you refer to giving employees more of an ownership feeling? Yeah, it's an ownership do, uh, is basically when they care. You know, which, once you've achieved that ownership, meaning is that they come to work every day with the goal uh, that we're going to win as a team and that, you know, uh, they look at obviously looking after themselves, number one, regards to, uh, you know, being safe and, and, and looking after the coworkers. Um, they, the, you know, when you're an owner, you, you worry about scrap rates, you worry about inefficiencies, you, you worry about, um, you know, whether or not your team is pulling uh, together and, and meeting, meeting whatever the goal 
goals are for the department, that sort of thing. So that's that's the ownership as opposed to somebody who just comes to work for the sake of moving a widget from from point A to point B. Now, what are some of the challenges you faced along the way? People, um, you know, getting people to change and think differently, you know, and uh, um, I think to <clears throat> and most companies feel that the safety culture is really um, dependent on the on the company, and it's all company company. Meaning, you know, the company sets policies, the company company sets rules, um, and that um, it's the company that's responsible for the safety of the employees. For us, we've we've changed that uh, idea to no, this your, your safety uh, really uh, depends on you, not uh, not the company. So you, sh- uh, the the people need to take care of themselves. The company's responsibility is to the employee, not for the employee. And what I mean by that is to the employee is that we provide them all the tools they need and and you know to to ensure and training to ensure that they're safe. But from a uh, an ownership perspective, then the employees uh, ensure that they take care of themselves. Now, this so the biggest key. challenge, sorry, was to get the people to th- think differently, that they were responsible for themselves as opposed to uh, the company was. So where did you come up with the idea of ownership? Well, uh, it's, it's it's a purposefully, so, you know, we're, um, when I mentioned earlier, we have 600, 600 employees in, in Canada. We, we have over 6,000 um, all over the world, most of them being in, in North America. So this was a corporate driven initiative uh, out of our from our, our team in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So this was, again, uh, we took a holistic approach when we looked at, you know, injury rates and everything and how we can take this, uh, take our culture to the next step. So we hired a uh, consultant, an outside firm to to help us with the training. And um, so that's that's how all that happened. Now, how is this working at your other plants in Canada? So the uh, the one of the bigger plants we have in Quebec, um, they're a little slower getting into this be, uh, from a from a formal perspective, uh, only because of the the training materials were all done in English. So we're, we're going through the translations. However, we have um, <clears throat> approached uh, kind of informally um, the, the same idea, and uh, we've seen huge success. Um, you know, record, uh, it's just that our relationship with the union is much better. Um, absenteeism's down. We were able to uh, negotiate a contract in about a week, which typically would happen, you know, take over two months. Those types of things. So, you know, just just being open, honest, uh, treating people with respect uh, has, has really helped us uh, a lot in all of our facilities. Sounds like it has, certainly. Um, the future going in forward. What do you see as the biggest challenges that you uh, that you would face uh, as a business and and from a point of view of health and safety? Well, you know, um, as you probably uh, everyone knows, and it's still somewhat of an issue, but uh, especially last year, you know, hiring has been uh, very difficult. Uh, getting workers to to work in some of our plants because they're not always it's not always the easiest work, and you know uh, we have foundries, so this hot work at times very you know can be very uncomfortable. So it's it's really um, uh, the challenge has been making sure that we don't bring in employees that are not going to be responsible for themselves and and uh, you know and, and get hurt. Uh, we can't have people that are you know it, it's it's I hate to use the it, let me put it this way. In the past, we've been able to hire you know workers who are used to working in commercial industrial type uh, jobs, and it got to the point where we're hiring people who perhaps were you know, had never worked in that kind of environment before and really weren't used to it. So that that left them much more prone to to injuries. So that's been certainly a challenge for us is to making sure that we've, 
you know, don't hire somebody if, if we think that there's any potential for them to, to get injured. So that certainly has been a challenge for us. And the other challenge is keeping all these programs on the forefront is, you know, okay, we got our culture to where we want it. All right. How do we, how do we keep that? It's a sustainability part. So that's been a, a bit of a challenge for us and, and, and a challenge that we're overcoming, but it certainly has been a challenge. Now, how are you overcoming that? What kind of things uh, you're doing? Yeah, so what we're doing is we're doing quite a number of small initiatives to um, to keep uh, that at the forefront. We have um, um, we talk about our goals a lot. Uh, we have a, we have um, monthly calls, what we call coaches' corner, with our leadership team, where we <clears throat> pick a topic and where we need to work on ourselves, whether it be humility, uh, practicing humility, or or uh, how to have uh, candid conversations, or, you know, those types of things. So we pick a topic every month, and we go through that, and everybody has to either present or, or speak on it. Uh, from the <clears throat> union side, uh, we continually uh, have uh, um, contests and, and kind of projects where we, uh, simple things like giving back to the community, when everybody, you know, will come in and talk about something, give back to the community, showing humility, um, you know, uh, showing how uh, perhaps, um, you know, they've helped somebody out from with a safety issue, environmental issue, that type of thing. So it's always about um, keeping this stuff at the forefront and using what we, it, the term we use is the McWayne way. The program that we've uh, adopted is called the McWayne way. So it's keeping that right in the forefront. Are there any specific health and safety topics that as an organization that are top of your mind these days? Like, you um, know, Sometimes people talk about lockout or or uh, occupational uh, hygiene issues or something that's that's sort of top of their mind or something that they're they're focusing on. Any any specific topics in your case? Well, Parley, you know, um, as I mentioned, we you know we we spent millions of dollars uh, throughout our organization on you know making sure that we had the right equipment and you know we engineered uh, you know as many of our risks out uh, all the training we've done. So now, really, it's just about attitude and culture, and that's and that's the the continue because we do very very we have such a mature um, EHS program that we do very well. Uh, from a baseline perspective. So now it's really about the people and, and having the people take care of themselves, number one, and, and take care of their coworkers. For an organization that uh, uh, was at the conference, uh, for example, and uh, and listened and watched as you won your award, what kind of advice would you give to, uh, to any other organization on uh, perhaps if they're starting the journey and uh, they wonder, you know, where, where should they go and uh, how do they get to that uh, elusive uh, health and safety culture. So partly it's so funny because um, I was also on a panel the day before the award uh, in regards to purposeful, you know, safety cultures and uh, spoke, spoke there. And after that was over, I had some really good questions at the end, but it was over. I had a, a gentleman come to me who works for a very, very large and, and, and well-known organization in the, in the province um, and said, how, he asked the same question and he laid out how they they were structured. Um, and it was really four pillars within their organization. And when he talked about the the uh, management uh, pillar and, and the, the, the whole management group, and that would drive, you know, of course, a management group that would drive, you know, policy and budgets and all that sort of thing. I asked this gentleman, do you have a seat at that table? And his response was no. And I said, well, until you have a seat. So this gentleman was the head of EHS for this organization, qu- again, quite large organization. But I said, until you have a seat at that management table that's driving budgets, that's driving um, policy and, and, and procedures, um, you're, you're not going to get to this purposeful um, um, uh, 
goal or the purposeful uh, arrangement that that we're uh, in now. And and the reason being is that you know if an organization does not if truly cares about EHS their top safety person will have a seat at the table in regards to strategy. So, you know, I did another seminar with a manufacturing group. I tell everybody the same thing. Unless your senior leadership has a full buy-in, these programs will not be successful. How do you convince senior management to do that? And I guess the, the way I would ask the question is I, I've been doing a lot of training over the last decade and, and the comment I continually hear from the people that uh, attend my courses, whether it's on uh, uh, supervisory safety, whatever, is that, look, you know, it's great that we're here, but how do we convince management that they need this knowledge, that they need this understanding, that they need this kind of uh, background information? And it's well, frustrating to a lot of people. So I guess that question would be just how, if you don't have that seat at the table, how do you go about to get it? Well, and that's a tough one, Pearlie, and I'm not sure I have an answer for that. Um, but it, it needs, it, it, it's really, it, it's a shame that managers or leaders or, you know, top echelon uh, of, of leadership and organizations don't see the benefit. Um, how to get them to see it? I, I you know, I, I'm not sure I can offer any suggestions there. But at this, you know, at this day and age, I would say that companies that are not embracing a purposeful culture um, are are losing out. You know, and I think sometimes we pay so much attention to bottom lines and, you know, our perceptions, perhaps as a company, we don't realize that, you know, companies can do much better. You know, a purposeful um, ownership culture will not only bring you, you know, much better EHS stats and everything, but it will also bring you you know, less absenteeism and less turnover and those types of things. So it's trying to convince the leadership teams that, you know, making a financial investment in this type of program and taking the time uh, would be extremely beneficial across all aspects of the company. Uh, for us, luckily, I, w- I happen to work with an organization where we're, you know, very forward thinking. And uh, if anything, um, you know, it's it's been for us the opposite is to, you know, how far do we go with this as opposed to, you know, let's not do anything at all. So probably I, I don't have that answer for you, but I can tell you that um, I, I see a lot of organizations that and I'll give you an example. You know, we use a term that's, uh, that's uh, an organization will never rise above its leader. So as a leader in the company, I was the first person I had to really look at myself. How do I get better? How do I communicate better? How do I build trust within my teams? All that sort of thing. So I had to show my team that I was I was changing and I was part of the program as well. And unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Well, look, I can certainly uh, see, Rick, why you uh, uh, achieved the award. Certainly, you have so much in place in your organization. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, certainly, uh, the more you can get your message out there about uh, pur- purposeful culture and uh, uh, the philosophy that you have, I would think would certainly benefit a lot of organizations in our province. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you very much, Rick. Uh, for folks listening to our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, reach out to us with suggestions. Uh, you can reach us at pearly at ssnb.ca. Thank you very much, Rick. And uh, Keep going. Uh, You've subscribed uh, to achieve a lot, and you already have, but uh, as we all know, it's never-ending. That's right. Well, thank you, Pearlie, and uh, um, thanks for having me on today. Okay, thanks. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.